The High Motor Podcast, Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty on the High Motor Podcast. This is college football playoff week. That's coming on Friday. And then we have nine bowl games. We're talking here on Sunday. So we have nine bowl games between, uh, well, I guess really Tuesday and Thursday. So nine games in three days there, plus the two on Friday before the semifinals. Then we have Notre Dame, Alabama kicking off at 4 Eastern. Did you see that video? I think it was on Instagram of... They were watching, it was like a family watching the playoff rankings reveal. And the mom is a super Notre Dame fan. And they were, when they revealed Notre Dame at four, she looked like she was going to throw up. And my, yeah, I get that you have nightmares of what Alabama did to you, I think it was eight years ago, and what they're going to do to you on Friday. But would you rather have just not made the playoffs? I'm struggling with that. Maybe that's a real question here. Would you rather go to the playoff and get 70 hung on you by Alabama, or just not go to the playoff at all? Well, I, maybe in that particular case, is it the is it the single-minded focus of, man, I just want to make it, man, I just want to make it, and you haven't thought at all about what making it means when it's obvious to anybody looking at the bigger picture they were going to make it and play Alabama? <laughs> uh, I, I wonder if it was that. I think I would rather I would rather make it and get smashed, because you know what? Lots of people get smashed by Alabama. There's not a lot of people that make the playoff. Yeah, and I feel like you're kind of playing with house money at this point. And I understand that like a moral victory in the playoff is nothing. But what if Notre Dame plays that game, which is not going to happen, and it's just like a fun 31-28 game and they lose? Yes, heartbreaking. But what you could potentially get from this game, I feel like would be a hell of a lot more than if you just didn't make it and you had another one, two, three lost seasons. So it's got to be more just to get to that game, right? With the potential, however small it may be, of what could happen, not even necessarily a win. Yeah, if you get smashed by Alabama, people are going to talk about Notre Dame the same way they already are after you got smashed right. by Clemson, and you got smashed by Clemson a couple years ago, and you got smashed by Alabama in 2012, 13. Yeah. So, I mean, what's you said it perfectly. You're, you're kind of playing with house money because you're already, you're already out. You're, you're already out in the hearts and minds of people. Right now, Alabama, 20-point favorite on BetMGM, Clemson, Ohio State. I'm um, actually looking at some first-half lines here, too, going back. Alabama, a 10.5-point favorite for the first half, and then Clemson is a 7-point favorite over Ohio State, 4.5 for the first half. Again, those lines coming from BetMGM. And we're going to flip our schedule this week for the podcast. We're going to do some betting today, have you break down the lines for some of these nine bowl games. We'll briefly get into playoff lines uh, very, very briefly, but we'll come back on Thursday morning and get deeper into those games. So briefly, I want to ask you a couple of things about the playoff uh, and bowl games in general before we get into a few specific bowl lines. Looking at the playoff, again, we're talking here on Sunday, so we're still five days out. What are your general thoughts on those playoff uh, playoff lines right now? Any leans for you? Uh, what's your timetable for placing any bets on those games this week? Uh, I definitely... I'm leaning toward Clemson 
in the uh, in the in the two three game, and then against the spread, I kind of I might lean a little bit toward Notre Dame actually uh, over Alabama, and I will I'm happy to break down why that is uh, when we talk later in the week. Uh, I've already bet on Clemson. I bet on Clemson right out of the gate as soon as they had a line uh, posted at all my books. I, I sprinkled a little bit all over the place. I like that Clemson has shown me who they are. I still feel I, I I still feel like I haven't seen that evidence with Ohio State. So I think that's the like tweet length review of why I feel that way. If you want to bet it, uh, especially with Notre Dame, I would wait. I would wait in the week. Because you know where everybody's money is going, and it is likely that that Notre Dame line is going to continue to get uh, bigger and bigger. And so you want to bet it later in the week. And that's the traditional wisdom with most underdogs, that you bet the favorite early and you bet the underdog late. Stepping back and looking at these bowl games, again, nine coming this week before uh, Friday, and then we have a couple on Friday before the playoff games, and then obviously a handful more next week. What is your general bowl strategy this year i know i've asked you this question in years past because with so many uh draft declarations that are uh, players aren't playing this year we just have a lot of cancellations we don't know where teams heads are at after a season like this if there are so many teams that are flat out not playing i get that these teams want to play that are actually playing but we still don't know where their heads are at i think it's a safe assumption that if this many teams aren't playing there's a, a very reasonable assumption to say that the teams that are playing are they in the right mindset to be playing these games I'm not sure if I said that right but I think you know where I'm coming from here how does your bowl betting strategy change in a normal year that's already hard to predict what's going to happen with these bowl games given who's playing given how much these teams actually care about it versus a year like this where we don't really know what to expect the entire season now going into a bowl season where it's unpredictable as always how does that change your strategy, if at all? Uh, it doesn't change it too much. I think what we saw when bowl season started was the teams that didn't want to play came out and said, "Hey, we don't. We're we're sitting this one out." So I am assuming, and maybe it's an incorrect assumption, maybe it's an assumption I shouldn't make, but I'm assuming that most of the remaining teams want to play, it, at least as much as any other year, because it's clear every year when we get to bowl season. There are teams that are disinterested in the game they are in. Uh, that happens every year. I'm assuming we will see more examples of that this year, but I'm not necessarily convinced that that disinterest will stem directly to what's going on in the world right now with COVID and everything. I think that's just normal bowl game, uh, you know, fair. I would argue, if anything, maybe teams are more interested in this last game this year because of all of the stuff that went into starting this season, maybe players appreciate the opportunity to get on the field one more time with cancellations and the general cloud that hung over the season as it did. When I look at handicapping bowl games, uh, if, if this is your first real time thinking about betting bowl games, betting on bowl games is not the same as betting on regular season games. It is a very different approach. You want to handicap the coaches. You want to handicap uh, the investment or the motivation of the teams. And you want to look at the personnel that the teams have available. You want to look at long breaks in between when the last games have been played and when this bowl game for this particular team is going to be played. So there's lots of different factors that you want to consider. 
I will touch on examples of all of those as we start to move through some of this game log that we're going to talk about today. But it's definitely important to remember those things more so than maybe how the teams match up uh, because that kind of becomes secondary when we start to talk about uh, bowl games. I would say even that those factors maybe matter more than the numbers themselves, which is something you're not going to hear me say very often. Let's get into those specific matchups and, and try to win some people some money here, starting with your West Virginia Mountaineers facing Army in one of the most unconventionally oddly scheduled bowl games ever. West Virginia right now, again, so this line could change. Sunday we're talking here a seven-point favorite. Any interest betting on your Mountaineers? Yeah, this is this is one of the most interesting games on the board, I think. And you referenced sort of how the game was set up. Originally, West Virginia was supposed to play Tennessee. About 24 hours later, Tennessee backs out. They, I think it was COVID-related. They said, hey, we, we, we've got too many positives. We're, we can't play. We're out. And then Army gets uh, scheduled in their place. And there was actually, uh, I can't speak for the team, I certainly follow a lot of like West Virginians on Twitter, and it's it seemed like there was a a loud movement from the actual West Virginia fan base. Uh, hey, we want to play Army. We not like we want to beat Army, but there were a lot of people that I think were a little disappointed that Army had been left out in the cold, and they th- they saw this as an opportunity to get Army in, regardless of whether or not they they thought you know West Virginia could beat Army. And of course, that's exactly what happened. When you start looking at the game itself, I was a little surprised that West Virginia opened as a nine-point favorite against Army. That seemed uh, that seemed like a pretty big number to me. That number has since come down to seven. Uh, the total has moved from 44 to 42. One of the things I like to do with bowl games is even more so than usual in the regular season. I like to fade whatever the conventional wisdom is on the game. So... Seeing that West Virginia is going from a nine-point favorite to a seven-point favorite, people clearly think that number is too high. My first reaction was that number is too high. They are betting on Army. Going by what I typically do, I would probably lean toward West Virginia just because it's a fade on what is happening with the game. I especially like to do this with totals during bowl season. A a lot of times, probably five or six times every year, uh, you'll see a bowl game where the total drops really, really fast and really, really aggressively, five, six, seven, eight points because of weather, because the, it starts to get into the, the air supply that, oh man, we're expecting tough weather, tough December weather. We think it's going to be, you know, sort of a ground and pound, ugly, low scoring game. And that total drops and drops because the public all jumps on it. And then what do you know? It's a 35, 26 game and it goes over easily. Like that happens all the time in bowl season. So in general, to sort of sum up here, I like to go against whatever the prevailing wisdom is. I do wonder, I know I just said a couple minutes ago, the matchup doesn't necessarily matter as much. With this game in particular, uh, maybe I utilize some of my more expert knowledge on what West Virginia looks like and their personnel. I do know the Stills brothers are going to play in this game. I think that's a big advantage for West Virginia when you talk about how Army runs its offense, the fact that West Virginia has some really nice run stuffers there in the middle. I would wonder about Jared Daigie's ability and in general, West Virginia's ability to push the ball down the field, but I still think they are more multi-dimensional than army's offense. I would probably lean West Virginia here for those two reasons going against the, the line movement 
and the idea that I think West Virginia matches up well. But I would not bet a lot on this game because I could very easily see Army win this game outright, let alone cover the touchdown spread. So it is a really interesting game for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of ways to attack the handicap here. I lean West Virginia, but I don't feel super strongly about it. It's actually the Big 12 team I feel probably the least strong about, which is a little ironic when you consider my fandom. Going down the ballot a little bit here before, I want to open it up to you and to kind of let you run with some of the other bowl games, but I want to ask you about one more here, a down ballot bowl game. And even with a lighter schedule, I'm very certain that Ball State, San Jose State, in the Arizona Bowl isn't high on most radars. But for those of you listening, if you haven't, followed San Jose State over this Brent Brennan era. This is just purely awesome shit. Inheriting a pure piss program undefeated. You win the Mountain West this year. Now 10-point favorites over Ball State. Uh, Also a fun turnaround story this year if you haven't been paying attention to Ball State. But San Jose State, is the the betting public aware of how good this team is? Because 10 seemed a little light to me. Uh, Yes, they are, uh, is the short answer. Uh, about 80% of the tickets in this game are on San Jose State. And you mentioned uh, the the number. It actually opened at 7. They opened as a touchdown favorite, and it has been bet up to anywhere between 9 and 10, depending on your book. So I, I, I mentioned going against conventional wisdom. The conventional wisdom seems to be uh, favoring San Jose State in this matchup based on the line movement. This is a tough one for me to handicap because I do like San Jose State. I do wonder if the number is a little too big. Ball State, I mean, San Jose State's 7-0, and and they're playing for that undefeated season. So when we talk about motivation, there's certainly motivation there. I think they probably want to finish the season strong. Ball State's 6-1. and So it's not like they suck. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think we could talk about the MAC and how well that prepares you to face a legitimately good team like San Jose State. Uh, maybe that's a fair criticism. But that's a lot of points to give a good team in a in a game format that's a little more exhibitionary and can kind of go in a lot of different directions. I might think about, uh, if I really wanted to bet this game, I might take the San Jose State money line and try to find another game to pair it with to to get yourself uh, better odds, better payout. That Maybe that's how I approach that game rather than trying to take the point spread. I also think the number is really high. Uh, San Jose State likes to, they, they play pretty decent defense. Uh, and they like to play games sort of in the low 50s, mid 50s. This total 63, that's up from 62 where it opened. So I would be looking at the under as well. I think it could be tight and you might have to, you know, might have to, you know, hold your breath there for a few minutes in the fourth quarter. But I do like the under as the side to be on, uh, if you want to look at the total. Looking over some of these other bowl games that we haven't talked about yet, Florida, Oklahoma. Uh, Mississippi State versus a Tulsa team that we've talked about quite a bit this year. My Colorado Buffaloes. Your Colorado Buffaloes. A shot at your Texas Longhorns this week. <laughs> Where else are you looking with the rest of these bowl games? I feel bad for people that, that are new to the podcast and they hear us say things like, your Colorado Buffalo playing against Hopping my Texas I'm aboard that Longhorn. Carl Durrell train. Big Carl Durrell fans here. <laughs> we told Carl you all along. Huge. Uh, Where are you looking with these games? So I think a general summary of how I feel about a lot of these bowl games is I really like the Big 12 in bowl season this year. And that's certainly not how I feel every year. But I think Oklahoma being left out of the playoff, in addition to some favorable matchups, I'm going to say, has really left the Big 12 in a position to do really well this bowl season. So I'm going to start 
uh, with one of the earlier games. I think this game's on Tuesday, if, if my uh, notes are correct. And that's Oklahoma State-Miami. I wonder about Miami going into this game. The last time we saw them, uh, or one of the last times we saw them, they were getting outright blasted by North Carolina. They've actually, I, I talked, one of the things I talked about was long breaks in between games, uh, the, the end of the season and the bowl game. Miami's played four games since October 25th. So they have had a lot of time to sit around and not do much. That's basically a two-plus-month stretch where they've played four games. And we mentioned the North Carolina absolute scalding. So the fact that Oklahoma State moves from a three-point favorite to a 2.5-point favorite, we're getting Oklahoma State at a good number. Mike Gundy has a 9-5 and record in bowl games, which isn't as good as some of the other coaches we're going to talk about, but it's still pretty good. I think Oklahoma State is the side to be on here. I think there's a chance Miami does not show up at all. I think Oklahoma State, and this is a little bit of guesswork, but a lot of bowl games are guesswork. I, I'm wondering if Oklahoma State wants to finish the season strong or if they just want to be done. Uh, it's tough to answer that question, but I'm going to lean toward taking the two and a half and going against Miami, which I think has more question marks at this point. This is a smaller bet for me. Uh, because of the question marks, this is a smaller bet for me. A bet that I feel a little bit more confident in is the Carl Durrell-Tom Herman Bowl. Mm. Uh, two coaches that you have nothing but affection for. Uh, Texas opens this game as a 12.5-point favorite. It goes down very quickly to 9.5. So that's one big thing I look for. Okay, we've got some idea of what we think should happen. The line is moving toward Colorado. That makes me want to move toward Texas. Tom Herman, 4-0 in bowl games. And I think part of the reason for that is this idea of what Texas is by the end of the season. They start with high expectations. They disappoint almost every year, as you will attest to vigorously. Uh, and then by the time we get to the end of the season, we're so low on Texas. But Texas is playing... You know, a team that either isn't motivated or isn't as talented as them. And that's how they win. So is it a 4-0 record that Tom Herman should spend a lot of time bragging about? Probably not when you look at what some of those opponents have been. Uh, Texas probably should have won those games. But they should win this game against Colorado, too. Colorado has impressed a lot of people, I think including my partner here on this podcast, uh, relative to what the expectations were. But they still don't have the talent, I think, that Texas does. So when we see this line move from 12.5 to 9.5, it's right under that key number of 10. I think Texas is the side to be on here, and I think they should be able to uh, explode past Colorado. That's not to say Colorado is going to get blown out, but I, I wonder if they have the personnel to keep up with Ellinger and just the playmakers that Texas has in general. I like the Longhorns and there. And they will all overreact to a 25-point yep. Texas win, just exactly. like that Georgia win a couple years ago, and say, well... Maybe Tom Herman figured something they out. Figured Who the fuck out. cares? That's a bowl game. Nobody gives a shit. He'll probably talk about how big it is for his program, just like how we talked about how big it was to be in Big 12 contention with three games to go. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now you and then they can start uh, at number 14 in the AP poll next year after they beat Colorado. Correct. Because they beat Colorado. A right. very good Colorado. And then, and then they'll start 2-2. Two and two. Jesus Christ. Florida versus Oklahoma. Again, I like the Big 12. I'm not I'm not trying to make 
any bones about it. I think the Big 12 is going to have a really nice uh, bowl season here. So Florida opens as a two and a half point favorite. It quickly goes up to three. They are not playing. Kyle Pitts is not playing in this game. He's already declared for the NFL draft. He will not play in this game. So already that is probably Florida's most dynamic player on offense, not playing in this game. We all know that Florida's defense has really not been that great this year. Oklahoma's offense is definitely going to get theirs. I think Oklahoma's defense right now today is playing a lot better than Florida. I think Oklahoma, when you take Kyle Pitts off the field, is probably the better team. So I'm getting uh, a team that is, I'm going to say, motivated. I think I'm getting the better head coach. I'm getting a team that is the best in its conference. And I'm getting three points. I think Oklahoma can win this game outright. I'm getting three points, which is a key number. Uh, So I like Oklahoma here. I also think this number is going to continue to go up. It opened at 68.5. I'm talking about the total now. Opened at 68.5. It has come up to 71.5. I think it's going to continue to go up throughout uh, this upcoming week until we get to Wednesday. So I, I maybe like a counterplay on the under. I would also observe just kind of rationally, this is probably not the kind of game you want to be holding an under ticket. It's just not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun to watch this game and say, boy, I hope nobody scores any points. So even though I kind of like the under, I don't think I would take it because it's it's just not what I want to be doing in a bowl game between Oklahoma and Florida. It's a glorified exhibition game. I don't want to be rooting for a less fun game to watch. It feels like taking an under in an NCAA tournament game you're just really excited to watch, and then you're sitting there watching saying, don't score, don't score. Exactly. It just seems fucking dumb. So I I could see the value on a ticket like that, and if you want to be purely emotionless, then maybe maybe it gets up to 74.5 or something, and and that's a good play for you. I'm just going to buy the Oklahoma ticket. I'm going to... I'm going to look at Oklahoma, and maybe I don't like to bet a lot of outright underdog wins. I don't like to look at the money line too much, uh, but this might be one where I look at the money line play, just because I think the nature of the game like this, high total, a spread of three, maybe I just want the better payout and Oklahoma to win outright. Tulsa is playing Mississippi State. Tulsa is the three-point favorite here. They should be more than a three-point favorite, in my opinion. This is, we don't want to hang a G5 team as too high of a favorite against a P5 team because everybody's going to jump on the P5 team. What have I said a million times on this podcast? It's not about making an accurate line. It's about getting even distribution on both sides of a game from betters. And so three is probably where you get even money. That doesn't mean... It's the correct amount for Tulsa to be favored by. So uh, anecdotal evidence of my point here, they hang Tulsa at three. It immediately gets bet down to two and a half with people coming in on Mississippi State. So now I'm on the right side of uh, three for what I want to be on. I'm under that key number. I can get Tulsa at two and a half, and I think they are certainly the better team. Uh, Mississippi State's had some nice moments this year. I think you and I both... Uh, are, are bullish on them for what they're going to do in the future. But I think Tulsa is the better team here in the spot, and I'm happy to get them at two and a half. And I also wonder if there isn't a little bit of a counterintuitive value on the over here. 
Uh, I think we we all think of defense when we think of Tulsa. Numbers gone from 50 to 48. But I do think that uh, this could be one of those ones where everybody says, well, that under is the right side to be on here. Under, under, under. And then it ends up going over and you get extra value because of the line movement. So I'm looking actually at a parlay on Tulsa minus two and a half and over 48. I'll wait a little bit later in the week and uh, and see if that number goes down anymore. I, I can squeeze some extra value out of it. But once you go south of 48, you've crossed a lot of key numbers. 49, 48 and a half, 48. Like all of those are, are definitely uh, high percentage plays when you look at the tables on where scores fall. Those are pretty high leverage spots. Uh, Auburn Northwestern under 43 and a half. I don't have a lot of analysis there. Just I'm playing the under in that game. I think it's going to be ugly. It's going to be hard to watch. I think you could get a, a whole lot of bad Bo Nicks. I don't know what Auburn's motivation is. Auburn opens as a four-point favorite. They're down to three and a half. Uh, I, I, I think you, I'm sorry, Northwestern opened at a four-point favorite and they're down to three and a half. Uh, I think Northwestern could be an interesting bet, but I'm more interested in the under just because I think it's going to be an ugly game. Another fascinating game kind of along the lines of, uh, of Army-West Virginia Looking at the number and trying to figure out what's going on here is Kentucky and NC State. So Kentucky has a losing record. I think they're four and six. North Carolina State, eight and three, currently ranked in the top twenty-five. A very, very empty eight and three. That's true. It is. And they've been hot and cold this year. Like they they've played offensively lights out some weeks. They've looked like hot garbage some weeks. Uh, you are right. It is is a pretty empty eight and three. I would think that they are ranked purely because of their record and not because they've shown anything uh, that, that looks particularly impressive. But when you look at Kentucky, I don't know what Kentucky has done to be ranked in this game. Or I'm sorry, to be favored uh, to be favored to win this game. So I started wondering why why make the line Kentucky minus two and a half? And the, the conclusion that I came to, I could be wildly wrong about this. If you make NC State the favorite as a ranked team, knowing how the public will bet ranked favored teams over non-ranked teams, you are going to have a massive amount of tickets on NC State. Nobody's going to bet Kentucky except people that wear SEC SEC shirts. So that's the only people that are going to bet Kentucky in this game. So they make Kentucky a two and a half point favorite. Two and a half is one of those numbers I've talked about before. It's almost like a, a mind trick where anybody with any sort of bet, betting sense goes, oh, two and a half. They can just win by three. I'm going to take that team because they're favored, so I know they're supposed to win. And oftentimes, more often than not, you kind of want to be on the plus two and a half team. So I wonder if that's why they've done this here because they just don't know how to hang the line on this. Uh, I like NC State plus the two and a half. Uh, I, I think that was a timely way in by you to say, hey, that is kind of an empty record. I still like them as a, as uh, to, to win this bowl game. And I think the, the idea of them as a two and a half point underdog probably uh, reinforces my preference for them in one way or another. Iowa State is playing Oregon. This is another interesting game. It's another game I kind of like the Big 12 team. Maybe this is the one I want to think about playing the money line and pairing that with San Jose State. I do think Iowa State is a better team than Oregon, uh, even though Oregon won their conference and Iowa State did not. I still like Iowa State here. I think they're going to be fired up to play for Matt Campbell. I don't think they're going to come out flat, and there's not a ton of teams I would I would feel that way about. Like that Florida team, they lose in their conference championship game. I wonder about their motivations going to play Oklahoma. 
I'm not going to say that about Iowa State. I do think the better play here is under 57 and a half. So I might sprinkle a little bit on Iowa State and the number. I think this is going to be an old school defensive game. I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball, a lot of chewing the clock. I see this is like a 28-21 type of game, maybe 28-24. So like I said, maybe you want to play Iowa State in the number. I feel better about the total and the under. Uh, and then the last one I have here, AM playing North Carolina. This is a tough one to handicap. I lean toward Jimbo Fisher. I, North Carolina has been up and down this year. Uh, we know what happens when they're on. They score a whole lot of points. I do think the A&M defense is going to be a tough task for them. And I also think that Kellen Mond is going to be able to do a whole lot more against UNC's defense than a lot of the SEC defenses that he played against this year. So I, I like A&M. I also like the over in this game because I do think North Carolina can pile up a lot of points, particularly in the second half, maybe in garbage time. Uh, and then I think A&M is going to get theirs. So those are uh, those are a lot of the leans I have. I didn't call out every game. There are some games I'm just not really interested in. I, I don't want to try to take a side. I, I don't know. I feel like enough about it. There's too many variables. But there are plenty of games on the board that I think you can uh, you can attack. And like I said, I think if there's one theme there, I think I really believe strongly in the Big 12 this year and their matchups and their motivations and just the teams in general. I think a lot of them are in good spots. I think I took every Big 12 team there against the spread. I would be surprised if that happens, but I would be more surprised if uh, more of them are wrong than right. Yeah, the only one that I wanted you to get to really badly was that A&M, and you touched on it at the very end there. Clearly A&M, and we talked about this on last week's episode, did they really actually expect to make the playoff? It seems like they're pissed off, and I'm always curious that kind of factor and talking about what you actually have to play for. So I'm glad you touched on that AM North Carolina game. All right, Thursday morning, we'll be back with some more Bet MGM lines. That'll drop right away, 6 a.m. Central on Thursday morning. We'll get deeper into the playoff lines that Chase touched on and see where we landed on both those games, some other playoff preview. So please come back for that. If you have any specific playoff betting questions, hit up Chase on Twitter at Chase A. Kitty or the show at High Motor Pod on Twitter, and we'll get to those on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today, it had been a while, and we forgot each other's names. But it didn't matter, because deep inside, the feeling still remained the same. We talked of knowing one before you've met. How you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces in